have a little conversation. And I want to ask the, the ushers and the team to pass out those books for us now. And you're going to receive a, a, a booklet that kind of outlines a little bit of what we're going to talk about today. And uh, I just want to thank, take this opportunity while um, they're passing that out to thank our incredible team, y'all. Man, I wish, seriously, I wish we could like turn the cameras around and show like who was doing so much of the work behind the scenes. I want to thank Kathy and Asha and Krista and Jocelyn and, and Lindsay in her absence and of course Pastor Fonz who is on staff as well so much that he does. Am I missing anybody? I don't want to get in trouble. Dave and, and Jasmine, who just had a baby. Did I hear today? Shout out to the Sumlins. Baby Naya is a few days old now, and uh, they, they head up our marketing team, and um, we're just, man, we're incredibly blessed uh, to have people who are committed to the Lord Jesus, committed to the vision that God has given us. So we want to have a little conversation here as elders, and in that booklet, you're going to notice um, a, a, a page that kind of talks about what we call our big rocks, okay? So if you can't, just kind of turn to that page there now. And, and before we get into it, I'll just kind of share very, very briefly, this idea of a big rocks is, is kind of a term that comes from uh, corporate America, if you will, coming from a book called Traction. It was very popular a few years back. And the, a big rock is basically, what are your priorities? What are your mission critical goals that you are going to look to to accomplish? These goals are measurable. These goals are something that can be determined whether you hit it or not. They're quantifiable, you know, in a given time period. So these are our, we're going to go over these three big rocks for 2022. And the first one there, I'm going to have my brother, Elder Martin, kind of open up for us. Awesome. Thanks, Sonny. So the first big rocks you'll see in your um, booklet is spiritual formation. So when we talk about spiritual formation, it kind of starts, as you've already explained, with discipleship, right? So now the question becomes, what does that mean in this context? What does that mean for Detroit Church? Um, specifically, some of what I want to say here just off the bat is over the next few months, my wife and I have already, in the last few months, have already been praying, but we're joining a lot of folks within Detroit Church that are going to pray for a larger vision of, of what this could look like. Um, having said that, wanted to lay out a few of the data facts that are already on the table, right? And so to start with, we know that Jesus said, um, I do what I see my father doing, right? We also hear him in John 14 say, you will do greater things than I. On the other side of that, we have in modern Christianity, this feeling of folks that don't see anything spectacular from Christianity at all. Not to mention, maybe not even what Jesus did, right? And, and so we have that as a part of this, and then we have a part of this um, 90s Christianity that says, what would Jesus do all day long, right? And yet, what's missing in that vision is the vision of discipleship, right? So we have to acknowledge that Jesus did what he did out of how he lived. And so discipleship, when we say that, it's the process of learning to live how he lived, right? So we have kind of three ways that that's done. Um, and one of them is probably one we don't talk about a whole lot, but want to bring some focus on it as we go into visioning. Um, so the three we have right now are life groups, D groups, something we call group life. We don't always talk about group life, um, but if you think about it, we have plenty of ministries. We have marriage ministry, we have 3130 for women, and we have men of iron for men. 
and as a part of the dynamic starting a group life is we are often doing things together. Do we always realize though that that is discipleship? Because it is, yeah. right? Yeah. And so if I think about it, uh, my wife and I, when we first joined four years ago, actually one of the first things that was closest to us for life group was a prayer group that met in a house, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, that's group life, yeah. but also yeah. it's doing the same things in life group. Yeah. Yeah. So then when we talk life group, life group, generally speaking, um, for a long time at a church church has been geography based, yeah. right? So we had different life groups across the city that maybe they're in homes, maybe they're just in an area or whatever. Um, over the last few years, it's been a whole lot more meet in a backyard, if in person at all. Um, a lot of it's virtual, yeah. but always a life group is doing three things, right? So we're sharing life, we're praying for one another, knowing what's going on in each other's life, taking time. Second, we're always in scripture, and then third, we're always applying the word. And if you think about that, we do that in group life too, but in life group, the venue is very intentionally doing that as a part of committed group of people you're doing that with weekly. So we may move from a geography base. We hope to keep some of it, praying about it. That's the part where we say a little bit unsure. But then the D group side is um, meeting with four to five men or four to five women, um, really spending the time to be intentional. This is where you get into more accountable accountability of really calling each other higher um, that we see the model of Jesus following and having a group of a few people that he went deep with. Um, and so that's D group. So more to come, um, but really want to be a discipleship, literate, literate, intentional community as a church. That's good. That's good. So the next part of that, I'll speak on just very briefly here because we're going to hit it again a little later. But a big part of our spiritual formation is our, uh, what we learn of God through his word. So some churches is called Christian education. Uh, we want to take some steps, some more steps in, in having a more concrete plan to help us all grow in our biblical literacy, literacy and understanding what the scriptures are, what they have to say. Um, I'm grateful for a team of communicators and preachers uh, on Sunday mornings when we bring the word, right? But, but sermons in a, in a 25, 30, 40 minute setting, sometimes 50 minutes, Pastor Fons. Um, <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> setting sometimes is, is great, right? But, but that has a very broad focus, you know? So we wanna create another opportunity where we can go even deeper into the scriptures. So we're praying about starting a midweek opportunity. Some people call it a Bible study. Amen. <laughs> but a midweek gathering where we can kind of get into God's word together as a family. So pray with us. Uh, tentatively, we're looking at like midsummer uh, or towards the end of the summer, starting that. And uh, some, there's some exciting things on the table regarding that. So um, I think this is a, an important time for us to, to kind of take those strides as we continue to grow and think about our spiritual formation. Now, let's moving, uh, move along here. Our next big rock that you see here is, is safety, and Martin's going to kind of speak on that a little bit more, too. Yeah, I appreciate that. So the, the series that we came out of in the fall was on James, right? And so when we think about kind of the highlights of James, pure and undefiled religion is taking care of the orphans and the widows and being undefiled by the world. And part of what that has to mean is physical safety. Um, what that means for us right now as a society, but more specifically as a city, is COVID safety, 
Um, so we know and we agree that we're all exhausted, right, with, with COVID safety. But the reality is that taking care of the orphans and widows, yeah. taking care of the neighborhood that God's given us the honor and the privilege yeah. to get to know people of, we have to make sure yeah. that everybody is safe. Amen. We know that it, it gets annoying trying to figure out, are we in person this, this Sunday or not, right? Like, we, we get it too, we feel it. Um, but the reality is really listening to um, the Father and what's going on in the city to make sure that, that we're all safe, and particularly that the individuals in this neighborhood are safe. Um, so COVID safety is a part of, of COVID safe, of the safety um, big rock. But as you move into that, um, you know, there's been a lot in the news over the last few years on spiritual unsafety, right? And you look at tons of congregations, including massive megachurches that have closed their doors um, because of spiritual trauma that has been created among pastorates, created among elderships, created among staff, right? Where we have these unhealthy um, emotional ways of abuse or uh, manipulation, whatever it is. And so some of it is, you're talking about what must the church be. The church must be safe. Um, and as, as we think about it, right, you also talk about Detroit isn't unchurched, it's mischurched. Well, one of the things that we can just be honest about is that we all come, a lot of us, come into this church mischurched because of spiritual trauma. Right Now, there's a lot of things that add to that. It happens when pastors and staff haven't had a rest. It happens when people aren't healthy. It, it happens when we have emotional dishealth. Yeah. It happens when we have mental issues. Yeah. So part of the other side of that, if, if we're honest, right, is like everybody and their mamas knows we have a mental health crisis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what does the church say to, about that? And how is the church helping? Yeah. Like, don't we think actually that Jesus has quite a bit of answers for us. And yet, how does that play out? So you'll hear a little bit later um, when Don's talking about marriage and, and the ministry part of like ways that being a part of counseling yeah, yeah, yeah. and marriage counseling is, is some of what we really want to encourage people with. Well, the truth is that when we're talking mental um, and, and emotional behavioral health, a lot of us, like that may not feel like language that resonates, right? It's not my culture or whatever. Um, the, and I've left this out, being so awkward in my introduction, but, but some of the work I do is on policy, right, and racial equity policy. And, and some of the policy that's happening state and locally is Michigan and Detroit have declared racism a public health crisis. And so specifically what we're talking about is the fact that racism has created trauma. So we might not want to talk about mental-emotional health, but it is on the table. Right? And so we as a church, what must we be? We must be healthy. If John 10, if Jesus says, I came that you may have life and have it abundantly, we can no longer stand for a subpar level of not being healthy in all the ways. That means physical. That means mental. That means emotional. It means spiritual. Right? And so when we talk about safety, this is something that is a lot of work that we as a congregation must lean into and something that we as elders are yeah. very, very committed to make sure happens. So good. So much more we could say about that. I'm so tempted to elaborate, but Martin, you did a great job. Thank you, bro. Because of time, I'm gonna move on. Our third big rock is something we're calling scale. And uh, Don, can you uh, kind of help us unpack that a little bit? Sure. Um, as, as we look at scale and as we think about where we are in our journey now, five plus years, 
Um, there's certain things that organizations need to do as they grow. They need to decide what they're going to do, what they're going to say yes to, and what they're going to say no to. And so as part of scaling for us, we've actually engaged with an organization called GlidePath Strategies that has done work with churches um, other um, nonprofits that are more mission-oriented because they're going to really help us answer those three questions for Detroit Church, right? What, what must the church be? What can the church be? What kind of church does Detroit need? We're engaging with GlidePath Strategies to help us in that regard. And so there's some work that started um, late last year and it's gonna continue into the first part of this year. Um, and we're really going to try to understand again, what do we say yes to? What do we say no to? How do we deploy our resources in the most effective way? Now, one of the things that's going to be a part of that work is we want to hear from you. We want to understand what your perspectives are. How do you see Detroit Church? How do you feel when you're in Detroit Church? What kinds of things are you looking for? And so next week, um, keep an eye out for an email. There's going to be a survey um, that we're going to be sending out to basically understand your perspectives as well. So we want to make sure that we hear from you. So there's going to be um, an email survey, but there's also going to be hard copies of that. Um, if that's the way that you'd prefer to fill it out, if you need help or assistance in filling the survey out, we're going to make sure that that can happen for you as well. And so we're really keen on making sure that we hear from you. Now, speaking of that, in terms of hearing from you, we're also, as we scale, going to be looking at really formalizing our membership process. Yeah. Now, when you think about membership, the first question that may come, why membership? What, you know, what, what is that all about? What is it? What is membership? We believe membership is necessary. Now, if you think about church membership, um, and I'm not equating church membership with the Trinity, right? The Trinity is not, it's not um, articulated in the Bible in that word. You don't see the Trinity in the Bible, but we know of the Trinity from what we see in the passages of Scripture that yeah. refer to Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yeah. There's no scriptural mention of membership per se within the Bible, but as we look at particularly the early church, we can see that membership is really how things were organized. We know that it imitates God and it makes a visible commitment to be counted to Christ. Going all the way back to Genesis chapter 18, God is willing to spare Sodom if there's a suitable count of the righteous. And he starts, Abraham starts with 50 and he gets all the way down to 10, but God was looking at who he could count on. As we look at numbers, as soon as God has saved the children of Israel from Egypt, he counts them. He counts them because he wants to know who he can count on. A whole book in the Bible. A whole numbers. book of the Bible is called Numbers. Right. So it's really, can you be counted Gotta come in? Gotta something. <laughs> so it's about count, being counted in so that you can be counted on. And it also models, it models the early church. As, as we look at the book of Acts, Right? Somebody the, tweet that. The hundred and the <laughs> I'm sorry, Don. Can you say it again? Don is on the roll. You said that again. Say it again, Don. Counted in to be counted on. Come on now. Come on, somebody. Yes, sir. Um, yes, sir. Yes, sir. As we look at the book of Acts, 120 believers came together to collectively choose Matthias as a replacement for Judas. Yeah. In Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, 3,000 were added to that day. They were tracking who was being added to the church. Acts chapter 6, an organized group of believers selected deacons to minister and serve. It also keeps us accountable and committed to each other. We see in John chapter 13, Jesus says that 
They will know that we are his disciples by how we love each other. We can't love each other if we're not engaged in community. So, but one another starts with being together. It helps us, your pastor and your elders, it helps us perform the duty that God has entrusted to us. First Peter chapter five, we're instructed to care for the flock that God has entrusted to us. Membership is a way for us to practically understand who is the flock, who do we need to care for. And then finally, it facilitates mission and ministry. First Corinthians chapter 12 is all about the analogy of a human body and that our body, the body of believers, is just like that. We're joined together as the universal church and as the local church. Each part of the body belongs and it has a function, it has a purpose, and by coming together in membership, we can identify and organize around the way that each of us is gifted and so we can serve more effectively. So stay tuned for more details about membership. It's really going to be a process of understanding who we are as Detroit Church, what we believe as Detroit Church, and then what we expect of each other. And so we already have had a, I would say, a cursory commitment to membership in terms of being installed as elders and having you affirm that. And so just stay tuned for more details as we work that process out. So, and then speaking about membership and speaking about elders, we're also looking at how we continue to develop leadership here at Detroit Church, and I think Pastor Fonz is going to speak to us on that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you, Don. That was, that was, you, you, you preached, man. That was, <laughs> you got quotables and everything. He took a mini text. Uh, yeah, less than 50. Good job. We can't do that. Um, so, uh, I think as, as a part of, of what Don mentioned, uh, like when we start to think about how we get people involved in the mission, I think there's, there's this myth, right, that uh, we need, like there's a few people that are like called to ministry vocationally, and we want to let them do the work, right? It's like, yeah, I don't know, I can't really preach as good as Sonny, right? I can't do that. that, that I think that's a, his thing. I'll just let him do it. And what I think we miss is that the... Uh, the beauty of the church isn't that we need everybody to be up here preaching. It's that we need mature believers who catch, you can catch somebody walking out the door and yeah. pray and encourage, right? And see somebody and acknowledge what God is doing in the hearts of people, yeah. right? Yeah. So for us, it's not like uh, uh, we need to get a, a preacher pipeline going and we need, you know, 15 <laughs> preachers on Sunday. Like, we, we'll have that. That's cool. Praise God. Because we know we got some preachers out here. We, we do. Some no, of y'all ready. Some of y'all, like, that's why y'all okay and amen so loud because y'all, <laughs> y'all preach. But, uh, but the point of this isn't just preachers. Yeah. It's mature believers. Come yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And so what we want to be committed to is not just some preacher pipeline, not just a quote-unquote leadership pipeline but also how we mature the gift of God in you right how can you be equipped to be Jesus where you are where you don't have to stop and bring somebody here for them to get saved or for them to get the fruit of the gospel the truth of it you can do that where you are anytime any place and that's something that we are absolutely committed to because all of us know it right some people that don't even know the Bible know the scripture the harvest is right but the laborers 
are a few. All right, which means we don't just need more pastors and teachers. Uh, we do, but we need beyond that, we need mature believers uh, who have spent time with elders, who have spent time in community and had their giftings developed, and they're competent in the scriptures. They're competent in how uh, to administer his word in any situation that needs it any day, any time. And that's something that we are absolutely thinking through, as well as uh, trying to not just do it one time, but make it scalable, where there's an ongoing system and process uh, of how we identify who God has sent, because he sent some incredible people, right, and how we can best equip them for the work that they're called to do. Good stuff. I'll just add to that also um, eldership. You know, we want to add to the eldership as well. And, you know, being an elder isn't, isn't a lifetime commitment, as, as some would, would think we're asking for. <laughs> In, quote, unquote, interim. <laughs> um, Phil, can you just talk about, before we transition, we are really kind of short on time, but just a little bit on kind of what the journey has been like um, as an eldership team so far for us. That's right. So 10 months ago, our church as a brand new thing established this, this body of elders. I mean, as Sonny shared at the beginning, um, we, we believe that that's the biblical model for church leadership is, is a, a, a plural eldership um, working together to, to govern and lead the church. Um, but because we're, it was new to us, we come from a variety of, of church denomination backgrounds. Yeah. It's kind of like, okay, what do we do now? Um, and so it's been, you know, a lot of the last 10 months has been, been figuring, figuring that out. Yeah. And it's been a challenge, but it's a good challenge. Yeah. Um, you know, we take very seriously governing the church. You know, we want to be responsible with finances, um, make sure we're accountable to you, mm-hmm. all of those practical logistical things. But we also just don't, we don't want to be a corporate board um, or just a corporate board. Amen. Right. 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 We take very seriously, right, leading the church, making sure the flock is tended for, yeah. cared for. Um, yeah. So we want, you know, prayer to be just a regular part of what yeah. we do. Yeah. Um, making sure we're open with one another about where we're at. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so it's been, it's been good, right, getting, figuring this out, working on this. It's, we're still working through, like, a lot of these, mm-hmm. some of these questions. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah, it's been awesome kind of getting to know these, these men better as we all find our, our place and our, our shape and how we work together and, and, and function. Um, and, yeah, hopefully we, we come to a place where we're leading you well. Good stuff. Thank you, man. You know, you said something I just want to kind of highlight that I don't know if I made clear earlier, and the fact that we do come from very different backgrounds and experiences. Um, we are truly an interdenominational church. Now, some may look at that and, and think, that sounds great. That sounds really cool. Wow, amen. I want to be a part of that. I'm just going to tell you, it's, there's some challenges to it. Like, it's, it's actually kind of messy. <laughs> so I just want to say, oh, Lord, help me. Uh, the elephant in the room as we're sitting up here are men, um, a part of an elder board, communicate something to some of us. Now, some, may, some may think nothing about it, right? But there is a theological conviction that I hold uh, personally. I won't put that on all the elders because we all we differ there. Um, but we started a journey a, a few years ago that didn't just include us. It included about, about 
18 or so leaders in our church, male and female, to kind of search the scriptures together, kind of talk through a little bit about um, what the Bible has to say about eldership. Um, so I'm, I'm resisting getting into a theological explanation about that right now, but I say that just to simply say, be honest about the fact that we're interdenominational. We come from some different backgrounds. However, what's beautiful about what the Lord is doing among us, we are locked solid on the essentials, right? So the essentials we hold with the closed fist. These are, the essentials are things that we cannot disagree on. Now, the non-essentials we hold with an open hand. We're willing to disagree on these things. We won't part over these things. We'll part over the essentials, right? And there's a quote that there's some, there's some disagreement of who the quote is attributed to. C.S. Lewis. <laughs> right. But the quote says, in, in, in essentials we have unity, and the non-essentials we have liberty, and all things we have charity. And that's really how we want to lead, and that's how we want to govern. Um, so I'm sure some of you come from some, some, from some very different backgrounds, and um, we welcome you. And we want, to, we want to include you as a part of our journey and our conversation. Again, we want to stay away from this theological arrogance, right? Um, where I stand today, um, I didn't stand five years ago or ten years ago with my convictions. And I may be in some place totally different, you know, five years from now. Let me just acknowledge that, right? This is a journey. Um, so, again, so much, so much more I can say about that. I want to bring up—thank you, elders. We're going to have you guys come back in a little bit here. And I want to bring up our— um, what we're just calling some ministry leads. Some of them are, are part of a committee uh, that, as Martin spoke of, a group life that functions in, in our ministry. I'm going to have you guys come up. Please give them a hand as they come. Welcome, welcome. What's up, what's up, what's up? All right, all right. Thank you guys for being here with us today. And I know uh, there's, man, it's a lot of y'all. <laughs> <laughs> what up, though? We want to um, just kind of give each, each area just ample time to kind of share a little vision, and cast a little bit of vision of, of who we are and some things we have planned for the year. And uh, I'm super excited. Uh, when, I, when I say, like, we have people that some of us, you know, don't always uh, get acknowledged. They're not always in the front on the stage, but they're doing much of the work in carrying the ministry, the work of the ministry. These are some of the people I'm, I'm referring to. And there's more, but I just want to thank you guys. Thank all of you for, for the work that you do. So because of time, amen, yes, thank you, amen. So because of time, I won't necessarily have you all introduce yourself and then uh, go to the next person. We'll just, I want you to introduce yourself as you kind of talk about the area that you're serving in, if you can do that. And uh, let's start as we look at our ministry outlook, which we all, I think, have a conviction that this is foundational to our ministry, and that is the area of prayer. And I am so excited because we have a new prayer leader, y'all, and Dr. Dr. Deli. And it's not an honorary doctor. It's, uh, she, wor she worked for that. <laughs> she earned it. <laughs> She's really smart. And she is uh, humble and deeply committed to the Lord and her husband and her church. Amen. Dale, can you just kind of share a little bit about who you are and then what we have in store for this year for prayer? Absolutely. Um, it's an honor to serve in this capacity. I am Delhi, and um, I think I have been here since 2017. And it's just been a, been a pleasure. Even and since then, um, I have been praying. I felt uh, an assignment from the Lord to just to pray for our leaders to pray until a moment like this. I did not. I wasn't seeking this. So I thank God that He is uh, allowing this to happen, so I can usher us all into this place. 
Um, as Pastor Sonny said, there's my husband right there in the front. He's, yeah, you, you heard him on the drums. Go Terrence. So, <laughs> all right. So, so let me um, just prayer. Um, the scripture, if you look in the um, pamphlet, Jesus um, once boldly declared, my house will be a house of prayer for all the nations. And in the version I was reading, it said he was teaching and he was saying it. When I read that, I said he was teaching and, rep and repeating it. <laughs> he was teaching it and he was calling us to remember this truth that his house will be a house of prayer, not just for my house, not just for my block, not just for my city or my state, not for my own country, but also for the nations. Yeah. And so that's kind of the vision that God has given me for us um, this, this year and for however long um, I'm in this capacity. One, just to encourage our hearts, uh, Pastor Mark Batterson said, one of the biggest misconceptions about prayer is that it means outlining our agenda to God as a divine to-do list. The true purpose of prayer is to get into his presence so he can outline his agenda for us. Does that make sense? So that means prayer doesn't stop when you get the thing you are asking for. In fact, if we as a church teach that, we are doing a disservice and we are not fulfilling the agenda of God. And we are stopping where actually prayer begins. We seek God to give us a vision. He then gives us his vision and he outlines his agenda. And then we focus, we continue to pray on those things until we begin to see the answers. Then we give him glory for showing up. Then we do the process again. So it doesn't stop. <laughs> so we want to transform the way we engage prayer. It's not just for someone who's been asking God to teach me how to pray since I was a kid or any other person. It's for the body so that we can impact the nations. So I want to just quickly share um, one of my mentors in prayer is Mother Elizabeth Juanita Dabney. She's not even alive. She was born in the 1900s, a black woman in a Pentecostal church um, background, and she... Um, she consecrated for three years, and God began to speak to her, and he began to teach her. And then there were miracles, signs, wonders, salvation that followed her. And millions of people were called and excited to stir to pray because of her commitment to the Lord. Wow. I would like to see that right here at Detroit Church. On, right? Can we do we want to see that move of God in this region? Yeah, yeah. All right. So how are we going to do that? What you can expect this year in, in prayer we're going to have monthly prayer, corporate prayer gatherings in the evening. So those dates will come. Once a month, we're going to gather and seek the Lord together. On Sunday mornings before church service, whenever we meet in person at 9 o'clock, we're going to be in the basement praying for the services. On Wednesday mornings, we've already been doing this on Zoom at 6.30, there is an intercessory prayer. We pray for those prayer tags that you write on the back. We pray for those every week. So if you have a prayer request, even now, you can email prayer at DetroitChurch.com. I will see that. We will distribute it. And I look forward for us to grow together, seeking God, interceding of Jesus, and being led by his spirit. Amen. Amen. Wow. Love it. That's good stuff. Thank you, Dale. Can we give Dale a hand? Yeah, just in support of, yeah, support of what, what we're called to do for prayer this year. I'm excited about that. So if you refer to your booklet, the next area that we have there is discipleship. I won't go into a, a whole lot of uh, more explanation. Martin shared a little bit about that this, this, uh, for us and outlining those three areas of uh, life groups, D groups, and, and group life. Um, but I do want to kind of give those who operate in the area of group life an opportunity to cast a little vision for the year. And uh, we're going to start with the men of iron. We have my brother, Keith Paul Jason, representing the men's committee. Yeah. Keith, what's up, bro? 
What's good? Sorry, I was trying to figure out how to properly install this mic yes, sir. bonnet. Amen. Safety. Um, so, hey, good morning, everybody. Let me hear all the men of iron make some noise one time real quick. All right, that didn't sound four-store manufactured at all. Thank you so much for your authenticity this morning. Uh, my name is Keith Paul Jason, and I am here to represent the men of iron. I guess we're sharing a bit about ourselves. Um, what were the criteria? How long we've been here at Detroit Church? How long we've been saved? And yeah. so I've been at Detroit Church since before there was a name. Well, no, there was a name. Was there? Before we opened up for service. So I've been here for a little while. Um, I've been saved since I don't even remember. It might have been yesterday morning. Um, but I will also say that it is an absolute honor to work with the men here at Detroit Church. Uh, we are operating from a framework. Oh, hold on. Deli shouted out her spouse, so I got to shout out mine too. My beautiful wife is the woman back there shaking her head no right now <laughs> because she does not enjoy these moments. The one that the young man is hugging next to her, that's my wife. We've been married for 15 years now. We've got two amazing sons, Joseph and Josiah. I love you all. Sorry for the embarrassment, but here we go with Men of Iron Material. We're supposed to keep this to three minutes, so I'll power through the rest of this. Now, we're operating from the framework that looks at fellowship with Christ as communion at the table. What does that mean? We're thinking about how do you show up to the table? Who do you bring to the table? And what do you bring to the table? Let's back up and take a look at what that means. How do you show up to the table? Every Saturday, we get together with the fellas for what we're going to refer to as the pull-up. And the pull-up is an opportunity for us to get together and talk about what's going on in our lives, go through some conversation about the framework of how the gospel applies to our lives, and how we can work on ourselves on a regular touch point so that we have interaction for the fellas here in the ministry on a weekly basis to work on ourselves and become better men, better believers through that interaction. We are currently working on developing the portion that says who we bring to the table. Now, what does that mean? That means that we want to have some sort of framework to develop a basic theological understanding of the scriptures. How do we understand our faith? How do we communicate our faith? Where do we stand on different issues with the faith? And how do we then communicate that to others so that we can then work on bringing other people to the table into fellowship with Christ as well? The final aspect of that is what do we bring to the table and the what we bring to the table? How many people can admit if something breaks in their house, they're like me and they don't know how to fix it? I see a couple hands go over all throughout there, go up all over the sanctuary here. You know, I don't want to be the kind of guy who can't fix a faucet. I don't want to be the kind of guy who doesn't understand how to manage finances. I don't want to be the kind of guy who doesn't understand how to communicate with those who I love the most. So we also want to develop some sort of curriculum around the idea of different skills that we need as men or that are beneficial for us to have as men that we can apply on a daily basis. The final aspect of that that we want to make sure that we highlight is we do want to have a quarterly large gathering for the fellas. And so we do want to make sure that we have the opportunity for all the fellas to get together at least every three months outside of the weekly times that we have in a big celebratory kind of fashion. That's dope. I think that's my time. You didn't um, share your vocation, but do you do any voiceover work? <laughs> do you do any work on a microphone? 
little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Okay. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not as good as the guy from a few weeks yeah, ago. He... <laughs> that was made clear. That was, yeah. That was made very clear. But I. <laughs> you do a little something. Little, little something. Yeah, yeah. Little here and there. Listen. Thank you, Keith. And uh, let me also shout out Nate Phillips and DeAndre Wright and Paul J. Pickett. We'll also sit on the men's committee. Thank you, brothers. Next up, 3130, and sitting to my right and your left is my 3130. Yeah, man, I gotta show you this. So the family chat is blowing up right now. Your sons, Eli is out of town watching. He said, Miles on stage looking like a boss. <laughs> Carlito said, love a no-nonsense woman. <laughs> hey, y'all, our family chat is lit, y'all. <laughs> 3130, yes, ma'am. Thank you, love. Um, and good afternoon, everybody. Uh, I think this is the first time I've held the mic here at Detroit Church in 2022. So I'm going to just go ahead and take a... T no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> go ahead. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> um, so as you already know, this is my husband of almost 25 years. Um, thank, yep. And we have four boys, four men. Um, one is, no, two are not here today. So Ellington and Maximilian are not here today, but Carlito and Judah are sitting on the second row laughing at me. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, so 3130, you know, um, so our, our sort of grounding theme scripture is Proverbs 31 verses 29 and 30, where it says, um, many daughters have done excellently but you outclass them all. And then it goes on to say that charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And so um, what I want ladies to, to know and to encounter is a God of rest, a God who is not um, another thing to do on the, the checklist, right? But he's inviting us into his rest. And so when we come together, that's, that's what the experience is going to be about. It's, it's entering his rest where we can take off all the, the superwoman capes. We can take off all the hats and the titles and just be, right? Be together and be strengthened in Christ. And so I'm extremely excited about that. And um, we'll have a couple of opportunities to do that. One will be a virtual prayer meeting um, the first Saturday of every month. And we got to figure out with the men how to coordinate the time. Um, but somewhere around 9, 9.30-ish, something like that. Um, and then we will have an in-person gathering every month. We're going to restart Morning Story, um, where we'll get to hear from all of you at some point um, your story, and we'll share in that, and we'll affirm one another, and we'll pour into one another, and again, just be encouraged in Christ. And then we hope to end out the year by bringing back if COVID allows our famous Christmas party. Um, it goes down at the 3130 Christmas party. You don't want to miss that. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of what we're looking forward to. Um, and, and I talked about just real quick that, that verse about the fear of the Lord, a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Um, what I want to encourage you is that when you fear God, then you don't have to fear anybody else, right? That's how we lay our burdens down. That's how we grow in confidence and can stand in whatever room he sends us into. We can serve in our homes. We can serve in church. We can serve one another, being perfected in his love that casts out fear because the only one that we fear is the one we revere, our Father. Amen? Amen. You are preaching. 
Yo, yo, hey man. Hey man, hey man. I, I need to know a little bit more about this Christmas party though. Like, what's, like what is actually going down? What, <laughs> what is actually going down? Hey man. Next up, our Detroit kids. I'm so excited about our kids ministry, which relaunched last summer um, under the leadership of Lindsay, who was out of town today. But she has a team, and Chelsea and her husband have been like right there this whole journey, holding us down, y'all, ministering and loving our children. So, Chelsea, what up, though? Hey. What up? Can you just share a little bit about the kids' ministry, what y'all have planned for this year? Sure. Um, I'll start with it. I'll follow the form. I'm Chelsea. Been here uh, since 2019. Wow. And um, I will tell you that our first Sunday was quite significant, and I'm finding out this morning how significant it was, because my husband is a worship leader, and we have always been bivocational. So our churches have more chosen us as we have gone to serve different churches. We've loved every appointment. But we found ourselves in a spot where um, we weren't serving anywhere, and we had the opportunity to choose a church for the first time as a family. We had never done that before. And so um, when we came to um, Detroit Church for the first time, uh, the first person who welcomed us was McKelvey Kaufman. (laughs) Let's go. Um, I grew up in a church. (laughs) For those who don't know, McKelvey is five? Five Five years old. I grew up in a church... Thankfully, and I praise the Lord for it, that honored little ones. And so my whole raising, I was always a a sister in Christ to every believer I ever met. I felt immediately connected to. And I believe it was because I was raised as a sister in Christ from very little. And when we walked into Detroit Church for the first time, McKelvey was owning the row. She was twirling. She was dancing, she was singing, and I thought, that's a girl that knows she belongs here. That's a girl that knows this is her father's house. Come on. And so, um, and then subsequently over the next couple of weeks, um, I think Carlito had released a song, Mm. and y'all shared it with everybody Mm. and honored him, and we're proud of him together. Another week, uh, another young man had given his testimony, and that's when we felt like if these little ones belong, we belong. Wow. And we wow. desired wow. for our children to be raised as brothers and sisters in Christ because you need them, they need you. And they need to know that, and we need to know that. Um, and so our intro here was, was just what I now get to be a part of, wow. and I am so grateful um, currently, we've been able to offer um, programming every other week or the first and third Sundays. Um, we have we started that this fall. We've absolutely loved it. We would love to offer programming every single week, but our team size has not been allowed for that. So we need more passionate brothers and sisters to join our team so that we can, so our kids can consistently depend on that time together. And um, while our team is small right now, it is not hodgepodge. It is on purpose, intentional, driven, focused, energized. We're not just throwing a program together. We're not just throwing it. We're not looking for hot bodies. 
Yeah. We're not looking for someone to just keep the kids alive downstairs yeah. or yeah. babysat. Yeah. We are that is looking. important, but that's not right. Yeah. We, we do that too. Um, but we made a choice early in the program to not try and just string week after week together, but to build a strong team that confidently and passionately yeah. loves our little ones yeah. well. So if any of this is ringing in your heart and you're feeling um, engaged and excited to spend time with your little brothers and sisters in Christ, you can email Lindsay at lindsay at detroitchurch.com. Lindsay is with an A. Um, let's see. We've also begun family panels. We are trying to do that quarterly. So it is like a, a live stream online. You can catch it on Detroit Church YouTube where um, it's really cool because it's a unique look into four or five different homes. Um, we, have, we just did one last week, and we had five different homes represented. Yeah. Um, it was awesome. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah. And Keith and I, and I'm sure everybody at times, wanted to just turn it off and watch it <laughs> and learn. Yeah. It was so encouraging to me to hear other parents in different stages in, encourage me um, to get up early and pray. Let the kids, make sure the kids are watching you read the word, making sure that prayer is a, a constant part of your family life. Um, so we'd love to um, have you be engaged with those and parent alongside of us. Thank you for listening to the Detroit Church Podcast. We'd love you to subscribe, like, and rate. And if you're not already, you can follow us on social media by searching for Detroit Church. We're looking for it to be an outdoor week-long experience for our little ones to encounter Jesus in fun, creative ways. Um, we haven't done anything like this yet, but we're really looking forward to building a team to really put a great week together for our little ones to really honor their summertime and honor their little lives and take an opportunity to teach and train them. Um, we're also looking for volunteers to join us with that. You can email Lindsay as well. Her email's in our pamphlet as well. But um, I guess I'll, I'll close my little session with um, my own personal testimony, which is similar to Don's. I gave my heart to the Lord when I was four years old. He was faithful to that. Um, my faith and my... Um, faithfulness ebbed and flowed throughout my life but he was a solid rock he was faithful he always called me back that, to that decision when I was four years old I gave him his, my heart and he took it and he cared for it and he taught and he trained it so my desire is for our little ones to come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ early yeah 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 so that when they're 7 8 17 24 28 the Lord's like no 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 come on Remember that day. Yeah. That was real. That's something, so a, a turning point for their life. So good. And then our role as a ministry can be found in, in 2 Timothy 3, 14 through 16. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it. On highlight there. They were personally taught. Mm -hmm. And they not only were given the knowledge... They were connected mm -hmm. to their teachers. Mm -hmm. And how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which you are able to make which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Yeah. 
We want to share the word with our infants so that it may make them wise for salvation. As all scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We would love to make sure that the littlest among us will be equipped with the word. word. That's rich. Man, that's rich. I love that passage, too. Thank you, Chelsea. Thank you, John O. Thank you, Lindsay and the entire uh, Detroit Kids team. Y'all doing okay? Is this good or what? Is this, I hope this is helpful. This is help casting a little vision for where we're going this year and some things we've been working on. Um, we're going to kind of go over the next few areas rather quickly because I know time is getting away from us a little bit. And it's a little bit chilly in here. Um, <laughs> thank you for your patience. Let me just say regarding uh, Young Detroit, our student ministries here, uh, Young Detroit serves um, grades 6 through grades 12. Um, We still do not have a a director for that ministry yet. We are fervently looking. Kathy is is helping me with that as well. We're also praying that God would raise up and send that person. But in the meantime, I want you to know that that ministry to our young people will continue. Amen. So I want to thank God for Nate Phillips and Stan. Wave your hand, Stan. Stan has been a major part of that team. Um, I believe Heather is still helping out. I'm not sure if she's here today. Um, If you're interested in being a part of that team, our student ministries team, please reach out to us. Email us at info at DetroitChurch.com, info at DetroitChurch.com. But Young Detroit, you all are meeting here this Thursday evening at 7 p.m. You'll be in the basement, all right? So please help us get the word out about that. Ministry is still going on for Young Detroit. Amen. Next up, next up, next up. Let's see. Marrieds, D.C. Marrieds, my brother, Elder Don, can you uh, let us know what's going on with the Marrieds this year? Thank you. Yes, and I'm, uh, again, representing Mary. She wasn't feeling well today, but ordinarily you see the two of us together, and so I feel empty without her, but I will try to represent her well. <laughs> the chair is there. Um, so really with, with marriage ministry, our aim is to draw closer to him um, as, as couples, and that in that we will model Christ's love through our marriages We want to encourage couples to grow in their relationship with Christ and together make him the center of their marriage. We want to equip couples with biblical knowledge, tools, and skills, putting on God's armor to protect their marriages. We want to extend the positive influence of this godly marriage into the family, the church, and the community. And we do that in three different uh, programs. First, marriage preparation. Those who are considering marriage or engaged, planning to be married, this course provides them with the foundation and the tools necessary to build a godly, healthy marriage. Again, that's representative of Christ and his love. And then we have a program called Re-Engage, which is a, a realistic look at the covenant of marriage. And so whether you're doing great, you might need a reset, or you may even be hurting. Um, re-engage is a way forward and both those programs actually are kicking off Uh, re-engage actually started last week and the preparing for marriage course um, begins in a couple of weeks there the signups have already happened for those but they'll be offered again later in the year and then something else that we're excited about we want to also celebrate marriages as well and so we're thinking about and and we're going to be announcing soon a monthly gathering just to celebrate our marriages and to enjoy them. There's a lot of work that goes into marriage for sure, but we also want to enjoy the aspects of marriage. And so look for an opportunity where we'll gather together as a community um, and build friendships while we celebrate God's gift of marriage. It's going to be a fun, relaxed time of encouragement, and that's going to meet on a monthly basis. Again, stay tuned for more information there. 
And then lastly, um, like, like a lot of folks, and actually Mary and I as well, sometimes you need professional help. Sometimes you need counseling from someone, hopefully spiritually based, that can really help you work through some difficult problems. And there's nothing wrong with that. And we want to encourage that if that's what, something that you need as a couple or as an individual. And so one of the things that we're doing, we never want money to be a barrier of you getting that kind of help. And so there'll be financial assistance available for uh, couples counseling if that's something that you need as well. So in all of that, if you have any questions, you can email marrieds at DetroitChurch.com and we'll be happy to connect with you. Good stuff. Thank you, Don. All right, all right, love it. All right, we're winding down here, guys. A couple more areas. I actually want to combine the next two together in Christian education and outreach. Uh, we did briefly hit on uh, Christian education, one portion of it um, earlier. I also want to invite uh, my sister Meg uh, to join the conversation um, in both Christian education and outreach. We've had so much time and discussion, and not just us two, but the others who've been a part of this discussion with us about you know, what the Lord would have us do as a, as a church here in Detroit and, and what we feel this, this call and conviction towards, you know, how do we learn of him? And uh, yeah, so much I can say about that, but this is, uh, this, we're both really excited and passionate yeah. about this area, Meg. So can you just share a little bit about some things we have planned there? Sure. So quickly, um, and I'm Megan Bishop, if you don't know me. Uh, so maybe I'll just say a little bit about what Christian education is and why we think it's needed and then how we, how we want to do that uh, real briefly here. So Christian education, um, Tony touched on it earlier, it could, depending on the context, it can take many forms like Sunday school or midweek Bible study, which is something we want to uh, start to implement the, the midweek Bible study, uh, hopefully later in the summer. Um, it can also you know, be a theological kind of training program or seminary or something like that. Um, I think that, you know, for us, we really feel drawn to make opportunities available uh, to, our, to our community here and our larger Detroit community uh, for, for theological education training. And, and I want to say, you know, I think sometimes we hear the word theology. It's like, oh, you're talking about ac academia or you're talking about seminary. If, if you know me, you know I'm in seminary, so you're probably thinking, oh, yeah, Megan's really into this because it's, it's like seminary. But I would challenge that. And... Um, there's an African-American theologian, Tabitiana Weeble, and he says, um, he says it this way about theology. He says, we can't live without theology. And he says, we can't talk about God without theology. So theology is talk about God, and we all have theology, right? It's just a matter of is our, if our theology is good. So uh, part of what we feel drawn to, and I think Sonny said this earlier, I think it's worth repeating, uh, we feel called as a community to be wholly surrendered to the Holy Spirit, to be an expression of the church uh, that, is, that is submitted to the power and the life of the Holy Spirit. And at the same time, not mutually exclusive, we feel the need to have a, a deep, robust theological foundation. And by robust, I just mean, you know, strong and healthy uh, and, and those sorts of things. So um, with that in mind, uh, we, we want to start offering classes uh, so we're really looking at launching uh, a school, and so uh, the, the name is, is the Urban School of Theology, UST, uh, and that would be offered in the form of, of classes around theology and, and, and the Bible and church history and worldview. If you think about the context of our ever-changing world, right, and just worldviews that are coming at us all the time, we want to be equipped as Christian thinkers to speak to our culture. I'm more convinced than ever that the story, that the gospel of Christianity and the story of, of Christ 
is the most compelling story and is the answer for human flourishing. So we want to be at the table there and we want to be equipped together and even in our own devotional life, right? A.W. Tozer says, uh, what comes to your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. So just being able to go deeper uh, together in our, in our walk with God. And so uh, we'll be saying more about that. We, we really um, want to be accessible in uh, what we're doing with, with the school and with classes, accessible kind of in a three-part way, geographically, financially, and contextually. Maybe you're like, I don't want to go to seminary, but you want to grow deeper, and that's what we're uh, hoping to do. Yeah, good stuff. And, and regarding outreach, um, let me just acknowledge that this is an area that we want to continue to grow in and continue to grow in our understanding of this immediate community. So we're new over here. So rather than coming in with a bunch of ideas and a bunch of programs, right, we want to learn the area and thank God for our family uh, at the Hope Center, formerly Hope Church, now the Hope Center, Pastor Jarrell, Pastor Timon, where's Timon at? Somewhere around here. My brother Wu back there holding it down. These brothers have been, uh, and, and Rebecca as well, have been so kind to us and really a guide to us uh, being in this, in this community. And there is a lot we can learn from them. So we're looking forward to like a partnership where we can kind of get active in our outreach um, under their leadership. And then there's, there's some others in the neighborhood as well that we're, we've been in some brief discussions with, like the union. If you all remember, um, we had Jason Wilson and his wife here, uh, the founder of the union here for our fifth anniversary. They're in this community for 8238 as well as Focus Hope. And there's a few others, few others that we want to get to learn from as well. Um, so that's, that's some things in terms of the local um, aspect of outreach. But there's also some global outreach that we've had an opportunity to be a part of. Meg, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so one, one community we've been uh, able to partner with is Pastor Euclid Mugisho and his wife Lillian in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Uh, and he's been here several times. Um, and their ministry is just is, is absolutely stunning and incredible. In 2020, we were able to help with hygiene kits in the midst of the COVID pandemic. And for, for them, that was... Um, according to him, just life-changing for people uh, to have access to, to water, to get, you know, huge gallon jugs, to get soap and, and, and things that, masks that were not available to them. So that was huge in 2020. Last year in 2021, uh, if you're familiar with what happened in, in the city of Goma uh, in Congo, there was a volcanic eruption. Uh, Goma is home to one of the the um, most active volcanoes in the world, and uh, they didn't see it coming. The government hadn't been uh, tracking what was going on, and all of a sudden, uh, there was a, a volcano eruption, and it turned into a huge health crisis with lack of access to water because the lava had burned those things and electricity. But we were able, uh, when their, their community came to us and said, this is, this is our plan, this is what we have need of, and we want to extend, uh, do a food distribution to families in need, and we were able to help uh, right, right away. And so uh, you can see some photos uh, behind us from, from the hygiene kits uh, and everything like that. And I'll just read really quickly, Pastor Euclid actually gave me an update three days ago, and he wanted to greet all of you. Um, I didn't really realize this until he told me, we are the only church stateside that is financially supporting the work of their ministry right now. Wow. And that is really sobering. They had, they had some other support, but because of some of their ministry partners um, having to leave, uh, they, they lost a lot of support in the midst of kind of the administrative mess of that. Um, but he just wanted to say that he said, our, gra our gratitude to God is so great as he continues to protect our people. There's a lot, of, a lot of trauma, a lot of rebel army attacks and things like that that are going on. Uh, and he says, uh, your prayers 
are, are needed to stand with us. Um, but one thing I wanted to highlight is they're in their eighth iteration of a program uh, called the Esther Project that equips women uh, and teaches them in sewing and how to run a business. This has lifted people and entire families out of poverty. They're also running a primary and secondary school, which if you remember several years ago, we've helped with that. Um, a lot of children in the area they're serving in do not have school because it costs, but they offer free primary and secondary school. They have 415 children at their Hope Primary School and 73 for the secondary school, which is crazy. I, I was there in 2016. There was like maybe 50. I mean, they've grown so huge. And because of this, families are coming to be a part of the church and coming to Christ. And so it's, it's really amazing. They're building, um, they're working on a church building project as well. And so um, we're just really blessed to be able to support them and the work that they're doing um, all through their community. Amen. Your giving has helped us be able to do that. And because of time, we didn't get into so much more there. They've been, uh, there's been some uh, terrorist attacks as well. So it's been a very dangerous um, environment. And um, Pastor Euclid has suffered some personal um, attack physically. Um, so, man, what a blessing. What a blessing. Kathy um, is our administrator here. Kathy, you are such a blessing um, to me, to us. <laughs> Behind the scenes. Man. I'm going to take a selfish moment, but one of the best decisions I ever made as pastor of this church is hiring Kathy. She was the executive director of um, Compassion, Compassion Pregnancy in Roseville, and I remember sitting in your office and uh, pitching this idea. <laughs> uh, I love you so much. Thank you, Kathy, for all that you do. Can you just share a little bit about um, where we are financially and, and um, our missions and giving opportunities? Thank you. Um, and Kathy does like to be behind the scenes. <laughs> Don't like to be in front on stage. But um, uh, I do have the very unique privilege of um, being a part of developing our budget. Um, and one of my jobs is to obviously to make it balance. Um, we always want to have a balanced budget. But as we do that, we meet in the fall, we meet with all these beautiful ministry directors here, we come up with a plan, how we're going to fund that plan, um, we pray over it, but the biggest thing we do is we look at it as a visionary, creative document. It is not set in stone. We leave an enormous amount of room to hear from the Lord. Um, and as Meg was talking about um, the money that we had available for the Congo, that is because we have obedient and generous givers here at Detroit yes. Church. Amen. And Amen. I want to thank you so yeah. much um, for, for listening to God and um, obeying when he tells you to give. When he tells you to give beyond what you think you should be giving, um, and there's obedience in that. Um, I also have the unique privilege of praying over offering every week um, and recording those offerings. And um, I want you to know that, that my, my team and I, we pray over um, that giving. We don't take it lightly. Um, we know what it takes, and especially in the t these past couple years, it's been difficult. We know what it takes to give, um, and, and it's prayed over. Um, we are able to, to fund these ministries here, and we're able to give, um, like I said, to the Congo. We've given to the union um, the past year, and they've been generous um, givings, um, and we're only able to do that because of everybody here um, and what you mean to Detroit Church and what you do for Detroit Church, and I just want to thank you.
Amen. I know it's a whole lot more you can say to that. So thank you, Kathy. Thank you, all of you guys, so much again for your labor, for your leading. Amen. Can we give them a hand? Amen. Amen. All right. So we're winding down here. I do want to um, invite the elders back up and just create a little space for us to have some questions and answers. Um, I'm, I would imagine that some of you here may have some questions for us. Um, so, so come quickly. Um, for those who are joining us virtually, if you, you can throw them in the chat. And uh, our team will also take a look at those as well. We'll set up a microphone here um, in the middle so that if you have a question, you can come to the mic and, um, and just kind of uh, present that to us. Um, again, I want to thank you guys for your, for your faithful giving. We are going to re be receiving offerings shortly. I thank you for your patience as well. Um, we normally don't have two-hour services, but we felt like this was important enough for us to kind of take the time and cast a little vision for the year, let you know some things that we have planned. Um, someone mentioned how difficult, a few people have mentioned how difficult it's been in the last couple of years just with, with, with COVID and making decisions that um, are safe for us in all the areas. And, um, you know, I also, it's not lost on me the opportunity this is a COVID presents for us to become aware of who we really are. It really kind of shines a light on who we really, really are. When you remove away the cameras, the lights, you know, the marketing, you remove away some of these things that, that we'll use, right? Um, like, what do we really have? And it reveals our foundation. And as people, as a community, I think it's been really important for us to kind of like pay attention to that. And, and, and I would encourage us as individuals to pay attention to what it's exposing in our own hearts. Amen. And, um, you know, we, you know, there's been a, a word that's kind of gone around the last couple of years of decision fatigue, having to constantly make decisions and like over and over again, one after the other, and deal with, you know, sometimes like the, the aftermath of those decisions and thinking about everybody, including the most vulnerable. And um, man, it's been a journey. And so to see the numbers that we have in that booklet, for you to see that, for us to see what God has done, y'all, um, it's incredible. It's, it speaks to his faithfulness and to, to, to many of us, to your obedience. I want to again thank you for that. Amen. Um, are there any questions? I know we said a lot. And uh, if, if, if maybe as you leave here and you think about questions that are coming to you now, if you can feel free to email us and we'd love to, um, to kind of engage with you. Now, we want to lead with a high level of integrity, but also transparency. I mean, this, is, this, is, this is one of the reasons why I was pretty much obsessed in having an eldership. Because you don't want this thing to be on sunny shoulders. Uh-uh. And I thank God for these brothers, right? I mean, I have a, I have a couple talents, but, but <laughs> no, this, this is, we'll be in trouble. This is on me. So, um, you know, so we having this eldership is, is a step in the right direction with a high level of transparency, accountability, you know, integrity, again. Um, so it was important for us to create this opportunity for us as a family, as a church community, to come together, let's cast a little vision, let's give the people a chance to see some of the things that have been going on both last year and some things we have coming up for this year, and to ask questions. So I'm going to give you one more shot. Anybody, anybody in the room? Yes, sir. Terrence. I got a question. The husband of Dr. Deli. <laughs> That's right. Um, I uh, love the uh, page about statistics. You know I love statistics and percentages. Um, I see a lot of focus around Detroit kids and young Detroit, but the statistic that stands out to me is 21% of 
this zip code are uh, seniors, 65 and older. So that to me speaks that it's almost one out of every five. Um, so I see a huge focus on kids. Is there anything to continue to encourage and let the senior citizens know that they are valued and they are appreciated? I think of my grandparents not really fitting in with the new young culture, right? Not being able to get hip and stuff like that. So is there anything that we have upcoming that will encourage the senior citizens as well? Man, that's a great question. I would say what we have is um, a, a growing sensitivity to it, you know, being in this community. Um, that is something that we've also noticed and, and want to do something about. Um, as I mentioned earlier, not only are we interdenominational, we're intergenerational. And, uh, you know, we're big proponents as well of some of the ministry being led by teens and not just a person. Um, so I say that. To, as, a, as a recruiting technique, <laughs> if there's anyone here, and let's say you are part of the seasoned population, well, seasoned age, I'm, I'm not looking at you. <laughs> You're doing enough. You're doing enough. <laughs> a little, little self-conscious. No, what's up? <laughs> Maybe you're online watching today. Amen. Amen. Um, that is an area, bro. You're, you're exactly right. And I appreciate you highlighting that for us today. Yeah. Yeah, just quickly, I think um, that's something that as we're going through the work with GlidePath and trying to understand constituencies and stakeholders, that's a valuable stakeholder constituency that we really need to account for. So that's that's great, and we'll make sure that we incorporate that into the strategic planning work that we're doing as well. Okay. Anyone else? Don't be shy. Open mic night. As I was listening to um, everything that was said, I wondered about the like young professionals or just people who are single, point blank, people who aren't married, people who maybe don't have an interest or don't feel called to that, um, is there a way to make sure that they're spoken to as well? Yeah, um, I would almost say the same thing I just said regarding the, the seniors. Um, I, now, there has been some discussion with a few individuals. Um, uh, just in the last couple months, um, someone came to me um, expressing that same desire. And um, what I said to them, I'll say again now, yes, we're definitely open to it. Um, we don't want the unmarrieds to feel like some secluded, you know, group that doesn't get what they need. Um, we all need community. Um, so we're looking for leadership really among that community, among those individuals that can kind of just kind of rise up and, and, uh, and lead there. Um, so we say yes and amen. Let's have that, that conversation. We definitely support that. And those who have, you know, have communicated that, you know who you are. Amen. <laughs> amen. Now, I have a, a childhood friend here, y'all. Um, me and Sharita's longtime friend, Natasha. What's up, sis? What up? So good to see you. So my question is, um, single moms. Um, what about single moms? Because that is a big, big factor in some of us, you know, from, aside from being single. You know, that's a whole different ballgame. So any thoughts about single moms? Oh, you want me to get, huh? <laughs> I, can't. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, so I, I think when you're talking about it, like, that's absolutely right. Like, if, if you look at um, statistics in Detroit, but, but you look at the community, right? Uh, 
God's heart is for single moms. God's heart is for black single mothers. God's heart is for uh, moms. And so um, we're talking about strategy. Actually, in in kind of the vision of Detroit Church and kind of where we sense the Lord going, um, talk about what's what's the marketing term in terms of the focus group. Um, Honestly, serving single black moms is one of those target populations of really, yes, we're looking at um, the older generation as well, but um, what do black women need um, in this community is, is key to the heart of God for what the vision uh, mission of Detroit Church is. Um, and so might not have a perfect answer, but what we can say is we're praying about it. It is intentional focus as a part of strategy, as a part of kind of every facet of the ministry. Um, I think it, it starts with children, but it starts with physical needs. It starts with um, the whole gamut of, we're talking about safety, right? Like every aspect of safety is a part of, um, part of that. Yeah, yeah it's, it's true religion as well. We look at that as, um, just to echo what Martin just said, um, you know, we have some opportunities uh, in some other ministries that bring support to single moms, not a specific single mom ministry. You know, so I'll just acknowledge that maybe that is something that we want to specifically look into. Uh, one of the things that, that we did not share on the mic today is we have a, um, a benevolence fund that we call Everything Common um, that, uh, that, that you all um, give to. And as different needs are brought to us, um, we have a committee that okays those needs, and, um, and, and it's a blessing to, to be able to, to provide that as a church community. Now, that's broader than single moms, certainly, um, but again, we, we, we want to have a culture, you know, to where everyone, but particularly the most vulnerable, but everyone feels seen and, and heard and valued. Anybody else want to elaborate on that? Amen. Thank you for bringing that question up, though. Seriously, thank you. Amen. And I would suggest, some, well, Chelsea earlier mentioned the panel, um, in, the, in the parenting panel that we have, you know, we're looking at all aspects of, you know, family makeup, including blended families, including single moms as well. You know, so there's some help and some, some resources, I think, to pull from that too. Amen. Anyone else? All right, man, y'all, I thought we were going to have some hard questions today. Y'all went pretty light on us. <laughs> Got to be ready. It's not over. <laughs> It's not over. <laughs> you don't invite it. <laughs> amen. Amen. Maybe they're cold. Maybe it's cold. All right. Well, thank you guys. Seriously, thank you all so much for participating um, in this opportunity for us to cast a little vision for our ministry. Um, we don't want to leave without giving you an opportunity to, to give and to sow financially into the vision. Um, so if, if that's on your heart today to give, if you need an envelope, I'm going to invite the ushers to, uh, to pass those out. So just kind of raise your hand for us, please. And we'll get you an envelope. You also have an opportunity to give online. You can either text your amount to 313-855-5025. You text your amount to 855-5025. You can give on our website at DetroitChurch.com forward slash giving as well. And you can also mail a check and that address is on the screen. And again, we, we want to lead with a high level of vulnerability, of transparency, and of integ- integrity. Um, you know, this, this, this isn't our money. This is God's money. It's God's money. And we've been called corporately, but also as individuals, to steward it all because it all belongs to him and not to us. Amen. So will you pray with us? 
um, that, you know, that God would continue to lead us in that direction. There's so much more that we could have said in, in, in time would not allow, allow us to get into that. Um, I want to also reiterate something that Don mentioned. You're going to get an email this week, and this email is a survey that is a really, really important part of the strategic process for us. And this email, your survey taking will be anonymous, okay? And, um, and it's going to be really helpful for us. So please be honest. Please be honest. Amen. Amen. We want to continue to grow in what God has called us to do. Um, just a few announcements. I mentioned Young Detroit earlier. Uh, they are meeting again this Thursday at 7 o'clock, 7 to 8.30. So young people, 6 to 8th grade, meet us here. We have planned a Super Bowl party tonight, y'all. And because of the issue with the boiler system in the building that we just got wind of last night, we have to cancel the Super Bowl party. I'm sorry. So, um... I'm not going to tell you, I'm not on this whole Detroit Rams bandwagon. I can't do it. Can't do it. I don't understand it. We, it's Detroit, man. I mean, I mean, we got Ohio on one hand and L.A. on the other hand. Like, I'm a Wolverines and the Pistons fan. I just can't do it. So, I'm going to watch the halftime show. <laughs> My enemies. <laughs> Show. 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 <laughs> for the win. Amen. Amen. Um, again, thank you guys. Are there any other announcements that I'm missing? Key announcements? Six to twelfth grade. I'm sorry. Six to twelfth grade. I'm messing up. I've been up here talking too long. Amen. Let me pray and uh, release everybody. Father, we honor you. We thank you for the blessed opportunity to be a part of your body. God, this is your vision. It's your mission. Your resources, we want to be found faithful, God, in carrying out what you have called us to do. I thank you for every person that you've joined to this congregation, Father, every man, every woman, every mom, every single mom, every father, every child, every senior citizen, God. Uh, Father, we want to be found faithful in loving and serving everyone, building a place where, by your grace, where everyone can belong. We also thank you for this immediate community that you've placed us. Father, we don't, we don't take it lightly. Your sovereignty has led us here. So we bless this area, Father. Would you open our eyes and give us your heart for this area. Help us to continue to serve in a way that honors your name, brings your name, honor, and glory. We thank you for the finances. We thank you for those who have given even prior in the week, God, those who have given through text, those who have given really just uh, up until this, to this point, uh, continually to this vision. Father, we do not take it lightly. We thank you that you are a generous God, and you've given us an opportunity to partner with you, um, not only in our time and our talents, but also, God, with the resources, the financial resources that you've given us. So we give it back to you, God. We thank you for it.